rent by the end of the week. He's out of here. You wake me up for that? Come on. Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was buying. You're an embarrassment. You're out. Maybe it's time to give up those dreams. Don't you miss rocking out? You're not a teacher, Ned. You're the cross-dressing incubus from maggot death. Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub, and soon I'll be a certified teacher. Is this Mr. Schneebly? I'm the principal here at Horace Green Prep, and we need somebody to start immediately. Hmm, so how much are we talking here? $6.50 a week. Hello, this is Ned Schneebly. Everyone, I'd like to introduce Miss Dunham's substitute. This is Mr. Schneebly. All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Now, at the most prestigious prep school in the country. Yes, Tinkerbell. That poster charts everyone's performance. Where the students are rewarded for following the rules. What kind of a sick school is this? He's going to teach them a lesson. There will be no gold stars or demerits. That will rock their world. It's called Rock Band. Is this a school project? It will go on your permanent record. Hello, Harvard, yo. You, what's your name? Zach. You ever play electric guitar? My dad won't let me. Zach, do not walk away from me when I'm talking to you. What makes you mad more than anything in the world? No allowance, chores, bullies. All you bullies get out of my way, cause I am really ticked off. Mr. Schneebly, just wanted to say, that was a really cool lesson today. Oh, thanks, dude. All they wanted was an education. They're going to laugh at me. You have an incredible singing voice. People are going to dig you, I swear. Okay. What they got... Clear. ...was a revolution. I've just been informed that all of your children are missing. And if you want to be a teacher... Jack Black, the school of rock. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. See, we're boring you to death. Huh? Per usual, Darren. Okay. Well, since we are gotten all the glib and glab and goo goo welcome to the download podcast number 11. We're your host, Darren Jenkins and Chris Saunders. And like always, if you have anything that you'd like to share with us, some thoughts about the show, if you have suggestions for soundtracks or films, you can hit us up at the download on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the download podcast show. And today we have a special treat for everyone because we don't normally have special treats on here. Um, we have an, an awesome friend of the podcast coming here today to join us to talk about our featured film, which is School of Rock. Kat O'Leary. Kat, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I I'm I'm actually kind of kind of excited because like she's a podcaster, so she is kind of like having a fellow podcaster on the show is kind of like 
cool. I'm not excited. She's going to be judging us the whole time. I'm well, not going to be judging you. As I told Chris I earlier, you. we record my podcast on my friend's couch. So like, you guys are super official. Like, Actually, I'm judging myself for <laughs> you, being you less that? professional just like, walking that? in here We're today. super official. Yeah, we're yeah. super official for all of what? How many months now? Like two months yeah, now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so... <laughs> Before that, you know, we won't go into all that where we were, but thank you for coming, uh, Kat. You're, you're a writer and uh, content strategist. Um, you are blogging um, at Spirit for Skeptics, which is... It's a, it's a blog that I have. It's just my personal blog where I um, kind of... Uh, I try to share kind of spirituality-adjacent tips um, that people who maybe don't believe in all of that woo-woo stuff, can still get value out of. Hmm, interesting. I, uh, actually, I, I, I didn't know you blogged, so I was kind of looking at the links you sent us earlier. Um, oh, you, you knew? Can, can uh -oh. you, I, no, I only know I found out today oh. once you sent the links. Um, and I just want to know, what are five things that you're obsessed with this mm. week? Oh, man. Because I saw that little oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I don't actually remember what I wrote. Oh, uh, okay, on. wait. Well, write, how about it. right now? What are you uh, right obsessed now, with right now? Okay, one, I'm obsessed with the, um, so um, the mic in front of me has purple foam over it. <laughs> and um, as we were talking uh, about when we walked into the room, it kind of matches my whole um, motif for today. So I'm wearing my uh, lavender faux fur coat. I've got kind of like a purple pink ish shirt on. A lot of pink, um, purple. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, oh, I just read the book um, Severance by Ling Ma, which was awesome. It's kind of a post apocalyptic hmm. um, book about uh, kind of everything, kind of the world we live in. Although it's it's set uh, it's set in twenty eleven, but it's it's a really good book. It kind of reminded me of like. Um, Dawn of the Dead. I don't know if you guys saw that Interesting. movie. Interesting. Yeah, like I the, saw the that. remake, the more yeah, recent the, one with Sarah yeah, yeah, Polly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me a little bit of that, although I guess that's like sort of a reductive um, uh, thing to say about it. But it, it was a really, really good book. I really like that a lot. Interesting. I think that actually made it onto the list, too. You can't see my eyes, movies. but I'm freaking out right now. I'm already scared. I haven't read the <laughs> Oh, he has a thing about book. zombies. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, don't read it. There are no zombies in this book. Uh, you said something about... No, it's your... <laughs> okay, all right. It's analogous in different ways. Wow. Really? Seriously? <laughs> I guess we're not going to be reviewing Dawn of the Dead anytime nope. soon. Nope. No sorry, Bob. That has a good soundtrack, though. It's got, it does, um, right? It we can talk like, about the soundtrack. I think the Romeo Void version of uh, I Might Like You Better If We Slept Together. Uh, what's that song actually called? Never Say Never. That's what it's called. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Come Is on. it about sleeping with a, uh, a zombie? Because I don't... But it's just I forget how they use it, but it's really it's used really compellingly in the film. So that actually is a good soundtrack. To talk is that about. a completely? I feel like that was a relevant question. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, very yeah. relevant. Anyway, I'm a, now you see what I have to deal with. <laughs> Seriously, okay, you love it. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's throwing me off for a minute there. Um, so we're here and talking about School of Rock. At Kat's kind of suggestion, which was kind of cool, mm -hmm. um, why, why, so why was this on your list of films to do? Yeah, that's a great question. So, and probably one I should have thought about before walking in here, because <laughs> um, I could have anticipated it. Uh, so, I think one, uh, and I rewatched the movie over the last couple of days, and I do feel it really holds up. Um, mm. Hope you guys felt the same. Um, I really like this movie, and I think the use of music in this movie is really compelling and interesting. Um, it's an interesting blend of sort of um, kind of mainstream rock songs that 
any layperson would know, and then a few maybe slightly more under the radar. Um, I feel like straight songs. from Jack Black's own playlist. Yeah, pretty much. Exa- exactly. <laughs> like, this is you can tell this is like this is such a labor of love for Jack Black, mm-hmm. and it was just such a I don't know. It's really wonderful to kind of um, revisit this movie and. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like this was just like his happy place, right? Yeah, to- um, totally. totally. And then the um, I had I had known for a while about kind of the there's a backstory about how they got Zeppelin to let them use immigrant song. Led Zeppelin's my favorite band, this so that was I'm something that was pretty interesting to me. I want I want to hear the story. Do we do the story now or later? Yeah, do it. Go for it. Let's hear it. Yeah. So um, so Jack Black was aware that um, you know Led Zeppelin does not often allow yeah. filmmakers um, to use their songs in movies. Very, They're very rarely. protective of um, their uh, you know uh, artistic property. And um, Jack Black felt really strongly that they needed to have immigrant song um, on the soundtrack, and specifically for a scene where he. Um, I believe he and the kids had just left the audition for Battle of the Bands. They're driving back to the school, and they're in his kind of beat-up old van. There's smoke coming out of the exhaust exhaust pipe, and, um, and like, he starts playing Immigrant Song, and they all kind of start, like, playing the drums and, like, dancing along, and he's, like, singing along with Robert Plant. And it's a really, it's a really cool um, sort of bonding moment for Dewey, Jack Black's character, and the kids. And you can totally understand why he felt it had to be this song. And so for me, right. Immigrant Song was the song that I used to listen to whenever I um, had a presentation to give <laughs> in college. That was, like, how I got psyched up. So okay. for me, like, Immigrant Song is, like, actually, like, of personal, um, you know, kind of value to me. Hmm. Um, and so what he finally did was, so there's a scene at the end of the movie where, um, the, you know, they're all on stage in the auditorium. And so after they filmed that scene, Jack Black got up there with everyone in the audience behind him, turned around and kind of made this recording and pled for um, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, and um, uh, John Paul Jones, the three surviving members of Led Zeppelin, to please let him use the song and kind of talked about what it would mean and and how necessary it was to the movie. Um, I think he said um, he said something like, oh yeah, he said, without that song, the movie will crumble. And obviously he was being a little <laughs> bit hyperbolic there, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever he said, it actually got through to Led Zeppelin, and they they let him use it. <clears throat> That's yeah. I mean, that just sounds Jack Blackish, very over dramatic and mm-hmm. like, but like intent on the value of rock music, carrying forth this message, which I think obviously leads us into the film, which is kind of like the the message across the film. I rewatched it last night. Mm. And I forgot how fun this movie was. Yeah. They are like little like jabs of in pockets of this moment that Jack Black's on screen. He'll say something in, in like in the ramblings of what he's saying that is just so extremely funny that it catches you off guard. Like you have like I think you have this is kind of one of those films you, you have to watch many times, I think, because he says things as he's having like these little diatribes that if you don't catch, you don't know how funny it is. So like I had never taken a moment to really listen to some of the words to, so there's a scene where he, he's in the classroom and they're talking about which song they're going to perform first. And they're like, he said, he, Oh, I've got tons of songs. I've got lots of great songs. They're like, well, tell us one. (laughs) And he starts making up this song on the spot. And, there's a line where he goes, and the legend of the rent 
has come due. And I never caught that before, but it was whole hilarious in that he just he was basically just singing about his 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 perilous moment in his life right now. <laughs> yeah. And it was just it was just funny, but it was actually a kind of a catchy song. Yeah, that song was ridiculous though, because like the part, the 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 hook that he kept coming back to was something about how the legend of the rent is hardcore. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is hardcore about owing rent? <laughs> it's rock and roll, man. It's rock and roll. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I think to your point, because the phrase that you just said, Cat, that stuck with me is like that holds up. Yeah. Um, this like discussion of rock and roll, like music in general, is gonna be till the earth explodes. We're yep. always gonna be talking about stuff like that. So. Yep about music in particular so that's that absolutely like how it holds up they throw in all these like classic rock songs i even like uh the the band that uh jack black gets kicked out of no oh, vacancy. No vacancy. they have one called fight i like that i enjoyed that was that song. the last song that no they no no it was early it's in the beginning oh, the first first song yeah. Yeah. Performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay i enjoyed that one um although i have to say the other song they played during the uh battle of the bands and it was the, not the, good. The it was not good, right? The guitarist, he's that, wearing. Like, it was can also we distracted. Talk about what that was, <laughs> what by was the that? way? That was. It was what just. It was just sleeves. That? It was a shirt that was just sleeves, so it had nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a tor- I think I wrote down torsoless leather jacket. Like, what is he, what is he wearing? It like, was I, rock I to, yeah. shoulder pads or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like I was yeah, like, he, he forgot the, I don't yeah. even know. I don't know what you call that. I I feel like that need we need that's a. That's a whole discussion unto itself. Like, mm-hmm. really, that was, yeah, that was a, that was a special outfit, and I think it just really, I think they did that on purpose too, because if you think about like the first song that they play, right, and when they kick him out of the band, he's like, "You guys are not rock. You you've forgotten the music. You've forgotten the passion." And then we fast forward to this moment on stage. They're like, they suddenly like look like some kind of weird amalgam of heavy metal and glam rock. Yeah. And it really kind of brought home the fact that these guys aren't rock, you know, and, and really emphasized the fact that this next band that's going to come up is going to be hardcore. They're really going to be the, the, what rock music is. And I thought that outfit really kind of, no, no, they can see still one though. Yeah, no, that's that, was, that was a travesty. That actually is the one part of the movie that frankly doesn't make much sense right. to me because that, as you said, that song was not good. Maybe I, I thought about that too, and I was wondering maybe they did it be, to kind of add some twist at the end to kind of be unpredictable, which honestly I would rather them be predictable. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I understand, like, I kind of understand it's. Uh, purpose in the movie and in the plot and I think you know what Jack Black or what the kids remind Jack Black of afterwards is like we didn't come here to win we came mm-hmm. to play a great show right, right. so it's really about how you know doing the art is you know that's the end in and of itself it doesn't matter what the critical reception is etc right so that's all um, you know that's really important but if they're going to play it that way like have them play a really good song so that you're, it's at least plausible that they would have beat these right. awesome yeah. kids right they should just owned that situation and did it all the way full out. Alternate yeah. ending. <clears throat> School of Rock wins, but they tear up the check. Oh, what? man, that's super rock and roll. <laughs> wow, they don't want, yeah, man. they don't want the man's money anywhere near Should them. Should we call right? Jack Black and tell him yeah. we're yeah. going to remake his movie? How come they didn't do it too? Did they do it too? Oh, I, 
have no idea. This is the first time like I've this seen been a two. Do a two. Um, I recently learned that there was a Nickelodeon TV show based yes. on the movie that ran from 2016 to 2018. That is the end of my knowledge on that. There's a whole, I mean, so there's, we, and we'll get into this later. I mean, this movie actually spun off a lot of things that happened in the music industry afterwards. We'll get into that. Are you going to blame this movie for Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I need to blame somebody. Canada. Someone <laughs> needs to be taking the hit on that one. The only good thing about that is he did not wear the shoulder pads. That's I'll give him that credit. But if he had, he still has time, man. I He's think he would have broken time and space, and maybe or something. You know. Um, what was what was some of your favorite scenes in the in the in the film? Like, what do you think stood out? Oh God. Uh, me, 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 me. Oh yeah, let let's let Chris go. Okay, right. I'll think about it. He's while holding he's talking. his hand. Wait, let me, did, did I write it down? Um, it's this the scene when they um in the classroom, and I think Jack Black had just had noticed Dewey. Sorry, had noticed that uh, the, who was that kid? The the guitarist's father oh. was like kind of bullying him, mm. and uh, so Zach, he, Zach, Zach right? and he's like, uh, let's write a song. Like Zach, what like what really pisses you off? And like. And he makes it about bullying and like you know, right? And uh, and then they make a like kind of a little song in the classroom about that. Like I thought that was a really big bonding moment for him with the kids and right. sp- specifically Zach. Um, and I, that, that empowered me. That was really cool. And I, of course, I'm always connecting with the songwriting part of the, <laughs> which was of the story. There was a significant amount number number of original pieces yeah. in, done here, so that was good. Um. I, I, I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs> I had a couple. Um, there, and they were like just little small snippets. For like for some reason, I when he's getting kicked out of his band, and right before he walks out the room, he comes back in and he kicks the cymbal mm-hmm. and he does it like this karate pose. <laughs> I just, I that cracked me up. I don't know why, but. I just thought that was so just him. Yeah, I think Jack Black's physicality is just so, it's such a big part of his mm. comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know, and that's frankly not, physical comedy is not always my favorite thing. Right. But with him, it actually just makes him more compelling and endearing. And um, yeah, I think he's so funny. I was thinking while I was watching this about the first time I um, had seen him in anything, which was. Uh, when he was playing one of the record store employees in High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Um, and how he was just like, that was like the dark, that was like the dark version of this character, mm-hmm. right? Like Dewey, Dewey Finn is like, yeah, he's kind of a ne'er-do-well. He's kind of screwing up his life in certain ways, but he, he overall is like a positive person. He, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has a problem. He figures out how to solve it. Whereas like his character in High Fidelity was just kind of like extremely judgmental and cynical and, he was a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but I think I don't know. I, where's, the, I, where's the bleep button on it? I also. Uh, oh, are we not allowed to say words like that? We can no, say no, anything you like. It's all good. Um, I'll be careful. Uh, but um, so, so uh, yeah. So I actually also thought that scene with the symbol was hilarious. Um, I I don't know that I can also pick like a favorite scene. I will say one one scene that I remembered even before I rewatched was um, when. Jack Black uh, talks to Tamika, and I think they put her. He, did he put her on security? He originally? put her on. Um, sec- no, 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 was no. Was it? No. 
she he offered her security as a second. Oh, she was a roadie. She was a roadie oh, first. She said she didn't want to be a roadie. That's carry stuff. And then he said security. Yeah. And then she's like, no, I want to sing. And he's like, all right, well then sing. And um, and she's like, not. She doesn't do it right away. And then he's like. You know, Tamika, if you're going to sing, then you have to actually be able to sing. And she starts belting out Aretha Franklin's Chain of Fools. And you're like, okay, this girl has the best pipes in the film. Yeah. And, like, he almost missed it because he didn't know, um, you know, know what to look for. Right. Um, which probably happens a lot. Uh, and so I think that was a really memorable part. Um, and then her part at the end mm. in the final performance was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then um, one of my favorite lines in the movie was... When all of the um, all the parents after the parents find out what's going on start shouting at Dewey and or no start shouting at Principal Mullins I think after Dewey's been like escorted off the pre- premises or they try to escort him he runs away mm-hmm. um, one of the parents says actually it's it's got to be Summer's mother why has my daughter become obsessed with David Geffen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was hilarious I'm like really can you imagine your daughter becoming you know like yeah. and that being your moment. Well, that's summer, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was hilarious. Yeah, actually. she was really funny. She was good, and that Miranda Cosgrove is probably the most. She is the most famous of the kids yeah. in the film. She's yeah, been every, on. everyone has that yeah. kid in their class, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that. That, cla- that was one of the things I liked about the movie too. Was I felt like they cast the kids very well mm-hmm. because I think each of us have had like those kids represented at least one or two kids that you've had that you had in your class at that year. So you kind of understood. And I, it's also one. So as we talk about this, one of the things I'm kind of glad we're identifying is the fact of how well Jack Black interacted with these children. Um, even though he wasn't a trained teacher, um, it was kind of like his passion to kind of that carried forth this ability for him to look at, them and see a lot of a lot of himself in them and i think one of the reasons why this movie holds up is because it talks about bullying it talks about you know self-esteem. being self-esteem and not you know sticking out in the crowd and and, and trying to find yourself in, in those early eight years you know and i think those are the movies that i think are you know if i were if i had kids I would want my kid to watch this movie because I think it has a lot of good qualities for kids to kind of pick up on. What do you want? Except that he <laughs> he, he completely dismisses the, the, the lesson plan. So yeah, they're not really yeah. learning anything but music. Yeah, yeah. Well, on Wikipedia, I was reading, they, they the description they have for the film, and I actually saw this somewhere else too, they actually misdescribed his mission on there as him being... Um, a temp, uh, a temp music teacher, which was not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was not supposed, and that was what was supposed to be yeah, so funny about it. That the, he was not a music. That teacher. he was not a music the, teacher. The, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Marina. Do you remember that? <laughs> he actually that corrected it though. <laughs> she, <laughs> to be fair, he actually did know it was the Santa Marina. Okay, 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 okay. Which was uh, actually they probably should have left it as him not knowing. Yeah, that would have been. You know. and, and like some other kid in the class correcting C- it. Can I throw in a? Uh, a comparison to another movie? Yeah. Sister Act. Yeah, and there's a lot of Sister Act. An imposter goes into mm-hmm. a certain role yep. in this institution and then brings music yeah. and happiness to, you know, to oh, the people man, around her. Great. I feel like Sister we have Mary to look Clarence. at that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, Sister Mary, Mary Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I think that's 
spot on. Um, another good film, maybe. I don't know what the soundtrack's like. It's probably actually not bad. Um, it's I probably mean, different. Uh, I will follow him. That's yeah. in there. That's yeah, all um, like uh, female Motown singers, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and the voice. Like Mary Wells, Supremes. A lot of good yeah. vo- vocal performances in that. So mm-hmm. there's that. I don't know, like, how true. So here's a question for you. Um, and maybe you know this, and maybe you don't. So Zach and what was the kid that played the um, the piano? Um, Lawrence. Yeah, were they actual musicians playing? Because Zach, when he like at the end, and we'll, that's actually my second favorite right. scene, which is the end credits when they're playing that whole sequence. I love that. Mm-hmm. I I that's love so that. I can I can just watch that. But you, they do close ups of him actually playing his solo and He's his fingering. It was pretty damn. Yeah, he looks like he's playing. Um, so I believe so because when they were, um, I actually I remember seeing this in passing while I was doing my homework for this episode, um, but uh, I think they did kind of a nationwide search uh, in of the U.S. to find eleven year olds who had used advanced musical talent okay. to, to cast in the movie. Because um, the guy who played the drums. <clears throat> He was pretty. I mean, he was pretty good. Yeah, he, he was good pretty. enough to pretend not to know how to yeah. do so in the in the beginning. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so so that was, I mean, kind of impressive. I, I mean, there's a lot lot to be impressed with those kids. Um, Chris, you should see what that kid's doing and get him in your band. You know, so huh. uh, there's always vacancy. Well, how old? This are is not. This is not. No, this is no not vacancy. no vacancy. Yeah, how old? Is, how old would these kids so be? If right they now? were 11 in what 2003. Yep. Uh, oh, they're like old as shit. Yeah, so they're like in their twenties. <laughs> they're oh. like young millennials. That's that's cool. That get that young crowd. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because all the old crowd is having babies and married and stuff. Well, they're not. I mean, like you said, there's only one actress out of that film that I can remember off the top of my head seeing anywhere else. Um, so they probably they need know, to work. Yeah, they probably maybe need they to have work. their own project. There you man. go. Mm-hmm. Um. Like studio musician somewhere. Yeah, probably. I don't know why this caught my attention. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, when uh, I think he's arguing with his roommate and his girlfriend about, it, and they're like, "Why don't you sell some of your guitars?" Oh. And uh, and Huey's like, uh, "Would you tell Picasso to sell one of his brushes?" <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. No, but I thought he said, "Did he guitar. say brushes?" I thought he, he said guitar. guitars, and oh. she was like, "You're yeah. an idiot." Uh, like, okay. <laughs> Picasso to sell one of his guitars. How about Sarah Silverman? What'd you think about her performance? She was annoying as shit. I have a lot of problems with the way she was portrayed in the movie. Yeah, Um, me too, right? Yeah. Um, uh, You go first, Aaron, and then I'll chime in. (laughs) If there was any part of that film that didn't hold up, it was that Mm -hmm. particular character. (laughs) I felt like they went out of their way to kind of make her like, quote unquote, a bitch. Yeah. And I not think that's a fair a, term. That's not exactly even a, how they portrayed like her. Like a, and, and just like it was just, yeah, it just. There was no frame of reference. Like, why was she so? Like, yeah. I, I understand. No, like, yeah, no, the, nothing the, to redeem her. Right. right. Nothing. The, like they they, nothing. they they tried to say, okay, like I get, like he's a deadbeat. He doesn't pay his right. rent, but like, I, I didn't feel that. Like, right. And you know, she was he not was very likable to him. She, yeah. But to her own boyfriend, which again, right. There was no frame of reference of why is she so like why. You know, bro. Well, I don't. Okay, so my take is a little different. Um, I actually think I completely understand why she was mad, and I think that they 
the movie intends for you to walk away thinking that she was completely unreasonable and like this horrible nag. Right. And frankly, if think about like thinking about it, if I had a live-in boyfriend whose friend mooched off of us and didn't pay rent and oh. like occupied, you know, a hundred or so square feet of our apartment for an extended period of time with no expected end date, mm-hmm. I think I would be in a bad mood too, yeah, honestly. Yeah, true. Um, no, I, I get it. Like, they I, try I to make her it. this shrew, and it's like, yeah. I understand why she's angry. I don't understand why the movie is presenting her anger as unreasonable. Like, right. she has every right to be pretty annoyed by this this whole situation. I, I, I think that was the issue, is that we needed, like, like another 10 minutes of backstory of right. like you yeah. know, him Maybe. doing him doing annoying stuff and being like intrusive in their right. lives and, and but, then no, I think the fact that he's there and that he every time she calls him on stuff he's just so flippant about it right like it's like when you're gonna pay rent that's actually a pretty reasonable thing to ask of if you think of him as like a roommate like actually paying rent is like a pretty reasonable expectation like right. I'd be pretty annoyed too um, and he was pretty blatant all, about the all, fact that he was. Not going to pay it. Like he was like, "Come on, man! I've mooched on you for years. Yeah, yeah. Now it's she comes around and it's not, now. you know, like I, right." And all it's like, I have actually, to say is, yeah. rock and roll, baby. Yeah, well, that, well, that's that's basically what he said, right? And it's like, no, he's basically been steamrolling over his friend for years. And actually, if you look at it from that angle, like she's actually a pretty solid girlfriend. Like maybe her tactics aren't right. what you want them to be, but she's trying to get her boyfriend to stand up for himself and stop, you know. Letting his best right. friend take advantage Except of against him. her. Yeah, exactly. Except <laughs> right. against her. And so I think they needed that final scene at the end. Like, it was almost like they tried to, like, retcon this whole thing where, like, oh, yeah, here's a scene where she, where we can, like, make her. But actually, she's, she was still reasonable. I feel like they did that scene to make her look extra. It's like, she's not just mean to Jack Black, who she's right to be mean to, but then she was kind of mean to Ned right. as well. Right. But also, she was still kind of right. I don't know. Like, I, Yeah, it's you know? a tough thing to kind of reconcile in a lot of ways like i feel like maybe there was a there was room like you said to either put a little bit of um a little bit more on her in there or just balance out the relationship because technically like you said she's right he the the roommate you know should have kind of stood up for himself yes and she was just trying to motivate him into being that person to kind of finally stand up for himself Maybe, and I don't know, maybe the movie doesn't work any better because him being this kind of like, oh, I gave up on rock, you know, and I'm doing great. It kind of, I don't know, I mean, set up the end of the movie in a lot of ways where you see him teaching, you know, kids at the school because now I can do both. I can be in rock and I can have a career. So... Um, he's also the actor who plays Ned is the screenwriter, Mike White. Oh, too, which I, is interesting. that I did not know that. That's interesting. So we have him to blame. Okay. Yeah, it's all blame his him fault. for everything. <laughs> Mike White. And he was just really mad at Sarah, Sarah Silverman that week or something. <laughs> I, mean, Sarah, I mean, Sarah Silverman like really leaned into this character. Yeah, she I did. think she did a great job. Yeah. Um, so from that point, kudos. And, and that being said, like this is not the main plot of the story, right? Like, no, that's true. Weird, no, so. it's an annoying. It's a thing that doesn't hold up, though. Right, I yeah. think no one would try to make that movie. Or if you made, if you made it, if you went with that storyline in a movie today, you would understand that you would have to soften it somehow, right. or make it make it seem like. You know, if you're gonna, if your end game is for the audience to not be on this woman's side, then you need to make her seem a lot more obnoxious. Mm. I've seen other movies where they've done something similar, but they've made the couple, (coughs) they've 
they made the couple the the bad guy. Right. I think you that know, works better. As a balanced thing, attack kind of thing. And I think that would have probably been a better look. And then at the end, kind of, you know, reconcile that situation. I still could, I think it still would have worked. But, hey, Mike, you know best. You wrote it. You're making millions, and we were just sitting here talking about it. Um, what, um, what, uh, what's which songs out of this were? Well, before we go down that road, I can tell you this movie. So I grew up a long time ago. You know, dinosaurs were still roaming the earth, that kind of thing. And in college, a lot of these songs were, um, pretty like popular, like you. Like if you went to a frat party, ninety percent of the sound, sound playlist was being played. Mm-hmm. I was not into that kind of music at that point in time, but I started to get into it. And um, so, listening to some of these songs kind of brought back like a really a lot of good memories, lots of good stuff. There's like a lot of great um, pieces on here. I mean, The Clash is actually one of my favorite bands. So mm-hmm. say what? We never had this conversation. We don't need to have the conversation. Right. But, I mean, I grew up with The Clash and, and ACDC and um, probably Metallica to some degree. Um, which which song do you think kind of best epitomizes this this movie? Mm. Ah. Do you have an answer to that one, Chris? Stumbles. I, I mean... I'm, I'm just going to use. This is the obvious answer. I know you're going to. I have an and obvious I, answer and, too. And I like yeah. and I, li- I just like the song too. Um, the Who substitute. I just I like the Who. Mm. I like that song, and it's just like obviously. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, but I, I I don't know. Again, that was just my. He's a substitute teacher. It's called a substitute. This is not it doesn't have anything to do with like the feel of the movie or any anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> you would get all technical on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a good. I, um, yeah, I would go with that. I guess I can argue against that. You sure you wouldn't want to choose uh, "Fight" by No Vacancy? No, I I like the song. I like the song, and one could argue that you know, "Fight" is talking about him fighting for his uh, survival throughout the film. Oh, it's really a f- survival story. Yeah, it's it, a, really, it is. It is completely transformative. And, well. If you think about it, it really is, right? Because um, this came out in 2003, and right around that time, you really start seeing, like, the the growth of, like, the digital age, right? And suddenly, these young young, um, professionals or young people um, around his age, at that that age, were just climbing out of the basement. you know, they were, oh, you know, I can make money now. I can go out into the world and do all this stuff. And so that lifestyle was starting to die. This lifestyle of I'm all about the art. I'm all about the music. I'm all about, you know, being creative and living in my mom's basement and listening to music and, and just hanging out with my friends. I just watched last night uh, the, the documentary uh, Minding the Gap, which kind of is similar to this. So it's almost this new counterculture of skateboarders who are struggling to evolve Mm -hmm. and that i think that's what this movie also kind of talks about which is this 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 struggle of this individual who is in this counterculture um having to seeing everything else around him evolve and knowing that he can't stay like this has to figure out some way of surviving 
and evolving himself. Meanwhile, staying true to his purpose. Yeah. And I thought that is kind of like an interesting, you know, message to kind of figure out, you know, so. Sounds like my life story. Huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you living in your basement, in your mom's basement still? Feels like a basement. <laughs> yeah. Did you, so did you, Kat, have a song that you, yeah. so I mean, like favorite, this favorite okay. song and then there's like. Okay, the song so, that encompasses yeah. right. the feeling of a movie. So I, I talked about Immigrant Song already. Mm. Um, so I'm also a really big ACDC fan. Um, and the song that I most closely associate with, with this movie is It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll. Um, so honestly, anytime I hear that song, even today, like even when I'm not actively thinking about this movie, I think about this movie. Um, so That could be it. And, like, you think about the end mm. of the movie where they're all playing in the music school. Um, I don't know. Like, I that, that to me is, like, the song for this movie. And it's interesting yeah. just, like, how many ACDC songs yeah. are on, either on the official soundtrack or just featured just in the movie. So, mm -hmm. Back in Black, um, Highway to Hell, uh, and then um, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Um, he uses the lyrics when he's um, kind of mm -hmm. giving a speech to the class. Um, and then finally, it's a long way to the top. Um, I mean, I would say that, yeah, it, just glancing at this list of songs, like ACDC is the only, I believe they're the only um, artist to, to appear more than once, and then they appear four times. Um, yeah. So I think that tells you a lot about Jack Black and where his loyalties lie. Um, so I thought that was really big. Um, Interestingly, I also I hadn't noticed before, but Moon Age Daydream by David Bowie was in the movie, mm -hmm. yeah. and it's not included on the soundtrack. I'm no. like, that's such a jam. Like, why was that not? That's actually like I've been listening to. Um, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of David Bowie over the last year or so, and um, Moon Age Daydream is one of the songs I've been mo listening to most recently. So like, my ear immediately kind of perked up when I heard it, mm. and then I was looking at this, and I was surprised because I'd already looked at um, the soundtrack list. Um, before starting the movie, and I, I knew it wasn't on there. So that was kind of interesting, and I'm not sure why they made that choice. Um, and then one more song to call out, and then we can move on. The use of Stevie Nicks' Edge of 17 mm, I'm glad you mentioned with that. Joan Cusack. Yeah. That was amazing. So it was like, he used that song, like he plays it on the jukebox at this kind of divey bar where she feels totally out of place to just immediately like put her in her element mm. and like connect with her and her taste in music and like, her like kind of wild side to the degree that she has one and I thought that was awesome and obviously like Stevie Nicks forever so and yeah. and they yep. use that song for Bootylicious right yes they sample yeah, that song yeah they do, 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 do. oh that's yeah. right yeah can you handle it yeah. can you handle it <laughs> it's funny because I was in spin class um, a couple weeks ago and the theme of the spin class was women who rock mm -hmm. and so I hear the beginning of that and I'm like I bet a lot of the people in this class think they're about to play Bootylicious, but <laughs> I know for a fact he's about to play Edge of Seventeen because of what the yeah. theme of the class is. And I guess I should, um, I'm going to throw this out here uh, because, as Kat just mentioned, you go to the official, I'm using air quotes, official uh, soundtracks for these movies and you don't get all the ones that were featured. Mm -hmm. yep. um, little shout out to what-song.com. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what I looked at to see every song that was featured. Yeah, it was really helpful. If you guys want to throw us some money for a sponsorship, you know, I just said your name. Um, mm. but <laughs> I'm definitely checking out that website. I was thinking yeah. about, um, yeah, I don't know, like, I, because I, I, I actually didn't find that website while mm. I was doing this, and I was wondering, like, is there somewhere I can research? Because I, I started Googling 
different combinations of terms to try to find like is there a list of all of the music cues? Because there were right. a couple that I had missed while watching that I knew were in the movie somewhere, and I just couldn't find it. So. Yeah, this was great. I, I think I just Googled um, all songs featured in mm, okay. um, cool. School of Rock, that and I've done sense. that with an, other movies as well. Yeah. And, I, and there's other, other websites. Yep. When we do another movie that I've used that, I'll, I'll, I'll holler at y'all too. Yep. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, um, yeah. Go for it. Um. Out there on the front lines, rocking. That was another one of my. F- there was so many. I'm well, wait, are you talking about? I'm out there on the front lines, yeah. liberating people with my music. I'm yeah, like, I dude. Like <laughs> I love the way he described it because it made it seem like he was in like some battle condition, like he was in, you know, I was over in Afghanistan and we were rocking, you know. It's just, it was just. Um, I, but that's how serious he is about the music. So I, I, you know, and some at some level you can identify with that. And then. Um, I, just off the top of my head, I liked when um, they were trying to uh, get into the uh, contest and they told the dude that all he looks out the window and he's like, <laughs> they're all terminal. He's like, what do they have? Stick it to the man. <laughs> Eosis. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was but he also he also looks up to see if the guy got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, I've never man. heard of that. That's very, very rare. Or when he starts... Um, quoting um, Teach the Children, the Teach the Children song at the, in the lunchroom. Oh, my God, yes. And they're like, isn't that a song? I said, no, 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 it's not a song. No, 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 it's not. I believe the children are our future. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I think every comedy, at some point, when they deal with kids in school, kind of uses that song as some kind of, like, weird, like, Trying to throw it in like we're not going to catch that it's an actual song, or, so. or coming to America. Coming to America. Sexual chocolate. That boy good. When did they use that in a sexual chocolate? I believe. In oh America. God. No. Yeah. Wow. That was the last time you saw that movie, it's like a um, quarterly thing for me. Wednesday. Oh, you must have missed that. <laughs> last Wednesday, probably. It's on TV every five seconds. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, oh. oh never yeah, we can't. I don't want to go down that road, mm. but the, you know, Eddie just signed to do two. So just signed? No, no, no. Yeah. No. At least, well, I think I saw it was in planning a while back. This was this was. I just signed. saw it on on. Um, yeah, I just Ar- saw it. How about Arsenio? I have no. I, I don't know. Look, man. <laughs> I don't know. Can't, you can't just bring that up and then not give me. I know. I, that's why I didn't want to bring it up. Didn't want to go down that road. But then he did. So, well. Hey, um, you know, Martin Lawrence or Arsenio, because Martin's doing um, Bad Boys 2. You know they're doing Bad Boys 2, right? They already did Bad Boys 2. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, the th- uh, 3 or 4 or whatever it is. Number Based on my is. knowledge of Shake Your Tail Feather, six. it was on the soundtrack. So. Bad Boys 6? I don't know Something what it is. along those lines. Yeah. yeah, they just took pictures on Instagram. Anyway, uh, we're, the vo- we're moving off topic. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna list a bunch of songs that I like from the movie. Go for They're it. My top songs. Go um, for it. I already said uh, "No Vacancies" by um, Substitute. Immigrant song, especially with this that that's backstory to it. Mm-hmm. Um, back in Black, which you already mentioned. Love black Sunshine black. of Your Love. No yeah, one has mentioned that that's yet. A good call. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, and Edge of Seventeen was on here, and then School of Rock. School of Rock actually. It's a really, banger, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It is. It's a pretty solid written mm-hmm. for a movie. Type of song, especially considering that it involves kids. I would listen to it again. Yeah, and I'm 
to be honest, um, I'm a I'm a black um, um, black keys fan. So anything with black keys on it, I'm a big fan of. You know, I have to listen to that song again. It wasn't my favorite, and I'm a huge black keys fan. I'll listen to it again. But I, I am Maybe a black keys fan. I was glad, I was glad they were on the album. On the uh, soundtrack. Were there any um, bands that you were surprised weren't on the album? I wouldn't say surprised. Or not surprised, but Jack Black. Any, any, any <laughs> bands that you think should have been like would have made a, like a nice addition to? I feel like any, you know Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. You know, <laughs> it's just like it's a that's a banger. You know, yeah, it seems true. pretty like standard, but it's that's rock and roll. We're like any. Guns N' Roses song. Yeah. That seems yeah. like an omission. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Especially because at the end, so a lot of the a lot of the songs or bands that they kind of paid homage to in different ways right. appeared somewhere on the soundtrack or were at least featured in the film. And so for example, like Zach the guitarist at the end of the movie when they're doing the Battle of the Bands performance is like wearing a slash hat <laughs> yep. and then also is doing like slash type moves. Yeah, he's got, he's right. He's like literally like, you know, they showed him like film of slash and we're like, em- emulate this <laughs> guy. Um, and so it's kind of surprising that, um, that I think that no GNR songs made it on, yeah. on here. On the, um, there's a soundtrack list on Spotify that obviously is not totally accurate. <laughs> Which okay, um, but there were like some, there were some bands on here that, like Deep Purple. Oh yeah, they they did play Smoke on the Water. Um, it was uh, they didn't play the Deep Purple track. Right. They, it was like when he was showing the kids how to like use their instruments to play less square songs. Oh, he was right. Yeah, he was okay. And he was like, yeah. And then they played it a little bit. Yep. So, Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, 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 so I think that's what that was, and then they may, they may have played. I don't I don't remember. There was a little bit more to that piece because I think that was the final song that he was teaching them, and then they kind of went with it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't. I don't think the actual track was on there. So I mean, well, one of the questions we usually ask is like, I mean, we have two questions. <laughs> so we're gonna pose this to Uh-oh. you. I don't, I, I, I don't even want to answer this. One. This is just All for right. you. Okay. <coughs> Number one. Would this film have been better with Tom Hanks? In any of the roles. Actually, oh, in any of the roles? Mm-hmm. Or which world do you think? So I think this is that rare movie where the answer is no. <sighs> no, think about it. Like We're what, never having you well, back you on the show. Look, down. I love Tom Hanks. Everyone loves Tom Hanks, right? Okay, but like really, okay, yeah. what, what role would we put You're him right. in? Like, You're right. Anything that you would put him in that would be appropriate for him would be beneath where he is in his career. Well, maybe even the, in, tw- in 2003, 2003, you know, maybe the dude he was already who was super the, uh, the, um, the manager of the actual content, the contest. Okay. Yeah. It could but be a it fun, cam- been bu- fun cameo. Mm-hmm. We could find yeah. a fun cameo for him. I mean, yes. Okay. Tom Hanks improves everything that he's in. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little to bit, be fair. Yeah. But it's we're making like, this really hard. You're not gonna throw, <laughs> but you're not gonna like throw him into the Dewey role. Literally, no, I was yeah, one. No, I think yeah. the, one of the biggest takeaways I had when I was rewatching this movie. Hmm. Literally, no one but Jack Black could have done this. No one would have been anywhere near. I'm as glad good. you brought Paulie Shore. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Carrot top. No, stop. Uh, no, actually, um, I had this conversation with somebody today, and two names came up. Mm. John Cusack 
Ugh, no. And Adam Sandler. It wouldn't have been a good movie with either of them. Like, I love, I... Correct I, answers. I like her. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, Billy Madison, I, I one of my favorite movies. Mm. I think it's hilarious. I will watch it a million times. I have probably seen it a million times. We'll watch it a million more times. It does not get old for me. Right. Um, John Cusack, like, obviously loved him in, um, in Say Anything, although that character reads is a little problematic now. Gro- gross, gross point blank. Um... Most, uh, most of his films probably know, don't age well. Con, con Air. Con Air. Con oh, man, Air. I love Con Air. I just Air. watched that. It's um, a, that's also on all the time. You can't yeah, help but not just no, watch it. Con yeah. Air is great. Um, like, I, I like a lot of his movies. I like him a lot. Um, but, yeah, I just... You need Jack Black's kind of manic energy to make this movie work. Energy was definitely that. the word that popped in yeah, my head. Yeah, he's just... There's something unique to Jack Black. And frankly, I don't think this movie would have existed without Jack Black because I suspect that he was very, very involved in the inception of right. kind of the idea behind it. Right. Um, even though he doesn't have you know the screenwriting hmm. credit, he wrote he co-wrote some of the songs that, um, you know, I I don't know which ones, but like co-wrote some of the songs that appear on the soundtrack um, that are not you know just kind of big name bands. Um, this is just something that is so intrinsically Jack Black that I just don't... I don't know how many other actors, comedians have the, that similar passion for rock and roll right. like outwardly that you know about. Right, and then also are like, you know, obviously with Tenacious D, um, which we haven't talked about, like, and uh, frankly... Pick of Destiny. It's interesting. I don't actually like Tenacious D. Um, I'm kind of whatever yeah. about them. Yeah. But I love Jack Black. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I loved the so use of So the other guy Jack is Black the weak link, is what you're saying? No, I'm not necessarily I think that's, saying that's what that. You said, right? I mean, I think Jack Black is as much a driver of the specific niche that uh, Tenacious D occupies as um, his partner, who I'm blanking on his name, sorry. Um, See, but, that's exactly what she definitely but, said. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's if you're right. listening, her you name is Cat O'Leary. Okay, second question, second before yeah. before we get you uh, booted out of here. Um, second question is, Yeah. could Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven in with this soundtrack. Wait, is that really a... That's a question That's one of you, our questions. We this ask is me, every... like, betraying myself as having not listened to the podcast yet. But don't worry. I'm, dun, about, dun, to, dun. I'm about to <laughs> binge listen. Um, well, Chris just told me the name of it on the walk over here, to be fair. So... <laughs> um, okay. Tears in Heaven. Okay. All right. I mean, Eric Clapton is on the, the, yeah. the, the soundtrack. Yeah. But, like, okay. But, okay. So, Eric Clapton has lived about a thousand lives, right? So we've got Literally. we've got Clapton the solo artist. Even within that realm you've got yep. we've got Either Derek and the Blue. Dominoes. We've yep. got um Cream. we've got Cream, Cream, we've got the Yardbirds, yep. we've got um uh um what's the other? There's another one that's kind of um I'm not gonna remember it. But yeah. Yeah, there's another one that's kind of similar, like similar in structure of name to Derek and the Dominoes. Mm-hmm. That was like around that same time before he kind of figured out who he was and became Clapton. Um, okay, so Tears in Heaven would not be appropriate in this movie, specifically because it would drag the mood of the film down in the direction of somber, and there really isn't any. Yeah, like, there are some depressing elements of this movie. Like, you've got this guy, Dewey, who's just, like, mooching off his friend and his friend's girlfriend. 
sleeping on a mattress on their floor. But even that is just played, it's played for laughs and it's treated, um, you know, it's treated like, oh, this is a guy who's in kind of dire straits, but he digs, the, digs himself out of them. And I don't think that you can throw in tears in heaven and then have that kind of narrative still. Was, that song is so sad. Was, was, was Dire Straits intentional? Because that's no, also it a wasn't. Band. But that is also a band. And actually, maybe that band could have been on here. Yeah, I like Dire some Straits. Romeo and Juliet. Um, <laughs> Love struck Romeo. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, Money for Nothing, I would say, is probably my favorite Dire Straits song. You could have gotten that in here. Yeah, that was a yeah. good album. Yeah, but that's not the question. So that's my answer no, no, to the question. No, no, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. To be that's the we song. asked about Eric Clapton. <laughs> but I, I already answered that. That song does not fit into this movie. But what? Okay, so can you give me an example of a movie where the answer has been yes? Oh, um, the last movie we did, right? What? Well, we, the last movie we did was Despicable Me. Yeah, we said that that could have been in there. Oh, when uh, oh, when when uh, the two brothers, the twins, have have a fight. Right. Mm-hmm. We were going to use that as the kind of like the yeah. little bit song over the grew and drew yeah. has big falling out tears in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could work. I mean, it wasn't a movie. I just can't remember. We talked about this before. Some some movie about drug addicts. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> drug addicts who leave a window open. Pretty much, probably, yeah. and uh, that doesn't work out well for them. No, well, it seems like we've gotten to the uh, end of this. Wonderful conversation, and uh, you're Kat, welcome. You're awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. This is really fun. You're you, welcome. Everyone listening has to see this pile of paper. She's she's got, yeah. Yeah, she's got my more, notes. more stuff oh than me. God. I'm like, God. damn. I just got well, one page on my. I, I don't always have a great memory for stuff, so I had like notes that I typed up, and then I printed out some Wikipedia stuff in case I needed it. Cat is dare I say, a rock star. Yes, she is, and. Um, People need to know more about what you're doing. Where can people listen to your podcast? Where can people find you on social media? Those things. Yeah. So I think maybe the easiest thing is um, I'm at Kat O'Leary. So that's K-A-T-L-O. I can't even spell my name. All right. Let me try that one again. That's Kat O'Leary. K-A-T-O-L-E-A-R-Y. And that's my username on both Instagram and Twitter. And then on Twitter, that account links to... Um, my podcast account, but my podcast is Business Christmas. Um, it's a Hallmark Christmas movie podcast, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, really wherever podcasts are. Um, Just follow them today, actually. So Great. I'm hopefully, hopefully you like uh, Hallmark Christmas movies, or at least people <laughs> making fun of them. Yeah, I like that. I'm all for from those. a place of love, of course. Of course, there's nothing mean spirited. It's all good. Um, oh, oh, wait, and one more thing <clears> that Chris <throat> told me to mention, which is that I'm also doing a valentine's movie um mini podcast uh next month which is actually quite similar in structure to the christmas uh movie podcast so um i will be um i'll have a friend come over we'll watch a hallmark valentine's movie or just a generic um hallmark rom-com okay and then we'll just chat about it for an hour afterwards oh that's Um, cool and so i'm doing that i don't know exactly when i'm going to start but it'll start in early february and then i'll release a new episode every day leading up to and including the 14th that's awesome which leads into Darren. Oh, no, don't turn. Me. No one can see you, <laughs> no man. No one's behind you. you. <laughs> um, real quick, because uh, yeah, um, yeah, Valentine's Day, Love Actually, February fourteenth. We do our our um, Valentine's Day film festival on Valentine's Day every year. This is the fourteenth awesome. year coming up. Um, films will be announced 
um, in two days on Friday on the 25th. And it's always fun. Open bar. People kill them. We got goodie bags. People get to watch great um, stories from around the world, some from acclaimed storytellers who have their own views of what love, sex, and romance is. So there you go. That it's sounds awesome. Oh, and you can find, you can uh, just visit uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash love fest 2019. So there you go. It's real quick. Chris? Yeah, if this gets, if this airs before the end of the week, I'm performing at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3, Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, sold out last time, so hoping to do the same this time. And if you can't make that, I'm having the end of my Liquid Therapy Tour show February 23rd at the bitter end, 9 p.m. Awesome. Um, thanks to Inker again. Thanks to our sponsors, Infatuation.com. And thanks to everybody listening to this podcast. Um, we'll be back again next week with another awesome film. Thanks to Kat. Come back again, please. Awesome. I would love to. This is a lot of fun. Thanks and, for having me. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. I'm Darren Jenkins. Chris Saunders. And this is The, the Download. Download.